You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, June 21st. And as always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or soon to come tomorrow. Tomorrow, guys, the launch of Just Baseball, brand new site that I'm going to be contributing for writing about Padres stuff, talking about Padres stuff. It's going to be big, guys. Trust me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was going to be big if it wasn't going to be big. But of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'll do my very best to, to get back to you. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just ignore you. Just leave you to leave you to cry alone in your in your basement, just wishing that you got a reply from Javapeno. You know, just make you make you suffer. Of course, I'm kidding, guys. You can also send me some five star reviews on the Apple Podcast if you'd like. And today's episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of esteemed, esteemed local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, if you couldn't tell, I am in a pretty good mood, not just because just baseball just baseball.com go check it out uh is launching tomorrow but also because the Padres had a hell of a weekend series and tonight starts the Dodgers series so to celebrate to start this week off and honestly it's going to be a great whole week the whole week is going to be great not just tomorrow not just this Dodgers series the whole week is going to be good uh in today's pod we are talking about this red series though giving some of my takeaways uh from the weekend uh and there certainly were some takeaways aside from just the Padres swept the Reds which was really fun but also after that going to be starting part one of my crossover with not Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers he wasn't available this time my arch nemesis so if you guys wanted me to talk to my arch nemesis, unfortunately, couldn't get him. So instead, Vincent Sampira of Lockdown Dodgers, the other host, the co-host of the show, as equally nice and kind, uh, and I mean that this time, actually. He actually is the nicer one, I guess you could say, between the two. Uh, we start that, and then tomorrow you're going to get part two of it. But we'll start it um, today. And yeah, let's let's just dive right in, guys. Okay, so let's start with Friday's game. Okay, we already talked about Thursday with the great walk-off from Victor Caratini. Puerto Rican power! But I want to talk about <laughs> that was a, that was an aggressive yell just now. Uh, let's talk about Friday's game, which the Pirates win eight to two behind Mr. Chris Paddock with arguably his most. I don't think it was his best start. I think his best start was actually the start before this. But still, man, guys, we need to talk about Chris Paddock more because the fastball is not as straight as it was last year. He's throwing the curveball a little bit more. It, you, before last year, it was like 1% of the time, right? Now it's like 9 8% of the time. He's actually mixing it in a little bit. The changeup, a little bit more hittable this year. 
just slightly in terms of, you know, this year their bat- batters are batting 204 against it, while last year they were batting 187, and I assume his rookie year, although I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now, I assume batters are batting like 112 against it. But even still, the big thing is that the, the change is just some incredible control. People are whiffing on more of his pitches, maybe only by a little bit, up 3.4%, which is not an incredible jump. But still, bottom line, he hasn't been uh, getting killed too hard. Is he due for a little bit of a regression? Maybe. I do think that uh, people are still hitting the ball hard whenever he's throwing it and whatnot, whenever they manage to make contact. But what I like is he's he's not issuing free passes. And what more can you ask for from your number four or five starter? Like, that's just excellent stuff. His ERA is at 4.10 on the year, but that doesn't really tell the whole story because basically ever since he came off of COVID, he's been borderline untouchable, aside from that Chicago Cubs series uh, where he got kind of torched, got gave up five runs. Uh, in this game against Cincinnati, he goes five innings, allowing two runs on six hits, walking only one, and striking out 11. And by the way, the Reds' offense is very, very good. We talked about this with Jeff Carr for the crossover last week. Like, the, the Reds' offense is really good. They have, like, multiple MVP quality candidates on that team with Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, and they didn't really do much this whole series. So very, very exciting development from Chris Paddock, and the Padres are awesome offensively, of course. Tatis going 2-for-4 with an RBI. Grisham going 1-for-5 with an RBI double. Will Myers having his big comeback game. He was great this weekend. Uh, he goes 2 Four, or I'm sorry, three for four with two solo home runs in this game and a double. So Will Myers, while he has been borderline dreadful ever since the start of the season, uh, he is, I'm hoping, that's all you can do is hope. On the season, he's batting 254 with a 326 on base, 428 slugging. If that on base can get up a little bit more, I'd be a lot more happy about it. I'd be a lot more happy about Will Myers, but hopefully he can improve uh, on these numbers. But basically, that's it in terms of the Friday game. Just a nice offensive output from the Padres. They basically dominate throughout. And then you have Saturday's game, which was absolutely wonderful, guys. I mean, absolutely wonderful. And Saturday's game, starting pitcher for the Padres, is not a usual starting pitcher. Instead, it's Miguel Diaz. It's kind of a bullpen day, as well as Daniel Camarena, who gets called up uh, for this game, too. Um, they both pitch. They don't do particularly well. They give up five runs combined between the two of them over the course of four and two-thirds innings. But the rest of the bullpen is able to be pretty good uh, for the rest of the game. James Norwood comes in only for an inning, getting uh, getting what, what out still. Nice to see the, the, the guy come in. You know what I mean? A nice debut for James Norwood, I guess. And Neil Krismat, who's been a guy that I feel like people, I don't know, maybe there's just a vibe of negativity towards um Neil Krismat, but he's been fine. 2.76 ERA on the season. In this game, he goes three innings, only giving up one hit. No walks and striking out three. So he gets the win in this game. Uh, not much to be said about that. He was great. And then the Padres offense, once again, just all across the board. Very, very good. Will Myers again in this game going two for four with a double, which was great. Also, Mr. Tommy Pham having a great game going three for five with three doubles. Guys... I know I feel I feel like at this point we don't need to talk about it, but Tommy Pham, one of the most consistent producers on the Padres offense, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, in the month of June, over the course of 18 games played so far, he's batting 345 with a 457 on base and a 603 slugging percentage. Holy crap. 
That is absolutely phenomenal. Some of the power is there. On the season, his slugging percentage isn't particularly all that great. 396, which is wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me, but I don't care. And I keep saying this over and over. With this Padres offense, Tommy Pham just needs to be an on-base guy. And he's got speed on the base paths. He's not the greatest defender in the world. He doesn't jump to the ball particularly fast, but he's really good. I put out on my Twitter the other day, actually, uh, a great stat that basically there's only four players in Major League Baseball this year that have a outside-the-zone swing percentage of less than 20%. And those are Juan Soto, no shocker there, that guy's absolutely unbelievable. Max Muncy, uh, who, slightly surprising that he's been this good, but definitely a good player for the Dodgers. Yandy Diaz, and then Tommy Pham, right? Robbie Grossman was there at one point, I'm pretty sure, but he probably, the, the stats adjusted or whatever. But those are like the top five guys. You might not know that. Yeah, Tommy Pham's plate discipline is absolutely through the roof. The only thing with him to start the beginning of the season is he was just cutting right through balls. Like he could just not hit anything, right? Anything inside the zone, he was just not hitting. He was striking out a lot and coming up really short in big situations when the Padres wanted an RBI. That's what I think um, added up to the hatred that was kind of going his way at the beginning of the year. Some hatred not justified in terms of saying uh, some of the fans, he talked about this recently about mocking him for the stabbing um, situation. That's awful. Don't do that, guys. I don't care how bad he's been. Uh, that's just absolutely no class whatsoever. So San Diego fans, do not do that, please. Um, but otherwise, that wasn't the only storylines from the game. Some incredible moments occurred. Some very incredible moments. But before we talk about those moments, guys, are you stressed, tired, just you don't feel like cooking ever? Food that's fast? Guess what? It doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. They offer chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered directly to your door. No cooking required. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Oh my gosh, am I hungry just hearing the names of those things. Good God almighty. Freshly can accommodate your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just six sixteen per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. Remember, Freshly, F-R-E-S-H-L-Y dot com slash locked on. I'm going to be for those $40 off your first two orders. Go check that out, guys. And also, let me talk to you about investing which can be complicated. Look, eating healthy is also complicated, but investing, definitely very complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio, no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's Wealthfront, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Get those $5,000 managed for free, guys. Go do that for sure. And now, guys, let's continue talking about this weekend. I just alluded to. I'm, I'm sorry. I know, I know it was like a little bit of a cheap 
way for me to get in the ad, and I got you all hooked in talking about the cool stuff, but let's do it right now, guys. Two major hits in this game for the Padres. The first one, an RBI bases clearing hit from Mr. Manny Machado, an RBI double with the bases loaded, and that was early on in the game, and look, Machado's been very good. Finally looking like Manny, and don't get me wrong, I've mentioned this a hundred times on the podcast, but it's not like there was evidence that he was... That there's reason behind his slow start. It's just, hey, every now and then this happens with Machado. He starts off slow. You know, some of the BABIP guys just don't like him at the beginning of the season. But ever since that last game of the Cubs series that they lost 3-1, so basically ever since his last 10 games, uh, Manny Machado is batting 325 with a 391 on base and a slugging percentage of 575. That's good for a 966 OPS. He's been great. And what's funny is if you even just take a, take into account his glove, which has been excellent this year, he's already been a, a pretty great player. But now with the offense starting to roll, uh, this is really exciting, guys. Uh, two home runs over that span, eight RBIs, four doubles, only four strikeouts. That's that's a great thing. Not a huge walk rate. It's very uh, not a huge strikeout rate, I should say. It's very rare that you get third baseman that could hit for as much power as Manny Machado. Honestly, rare players in general, especially in today's game, that don't strike out at some astronomical rate, you know? Tatis is wonderful, and he, he's probably a better offensive player, but even he strikes out a whole lot, right? So, Manny Machado heating up at the perfect time, especially in time for this Dodgers series. Um, but believe it or not, that wasn't the actual biggest hit of the game. I mean, it was one of the most exciting. Bottom four uh, gives the Padres a lead, but like I said, uh, that was bottom four. It makes the score 5-2, and then we are treated to a home run from the man the myth, the legend, Mr. Hassan Kim. The one, two. Line deep, out to left, and gone! Fair ball! Um, and look, one of the things that I've been talking about is... I love talking about when guys have their first moments as Padres players, right? And I'm not talking like, oh, their first home run or first hit. Don't get me wrong, that's a big deal, right? But Hassan Kim... This has to be, like, really his first major moment for the Padres. A huge two-run blast off of Heath Hembry uh, to give the Padres the lead, and they end up winning. The Shark, Mark Melanson, managing to to get the save. Does not blow it this time. Uh, really great stuff. And, you know, Kim hasn't been that great offensively. However... He has been good basically in the month of June with the limited time that he has been able to play. Uh, he's been a lot better batting over 300, so hopefully he's starting to finally get there. Hopefully he's starting to catch up to Major League Pitching. That's one of the things about Kim that never had me super concerned is that, I mean, I shouldn't say super concerned. It's not that I wasn't concerned. My thing was, look, he's going to be a guy that's like getting used to major league pitching like it's almost like you got to treat him as a a prospect that you're calling up from the minor leagues and they say that the equivalent in the the KBO league is probably like double A in the majors so it looks like he's finally catch up a little bit and it was his first moment I talked about a lot last year that Manny Machado that first season with the Padres aside from a couple Rockies games and maybe a Dodger game or two he didn't really have a moment though it was a year full of stats that just weren't all that impressive. He really was a very average sort of player, and what's great is he, of course, is that an average season for Manny Machado is better than most people in the league, but even still, not the best season for him. And then last year, the walk-off Grand Slam really felt like, against the Texas Rangers, really felt like his first major moment as a Padre, especially when you take into account that they really need that game because it's only a 60-game season. They're trying to get it going. And a walk-off Grand Slam, kind of his first major Padres moment. This is Hassan Kim's first major moment as a Padre. I know he's had a great glove in the infield, 
field, much better than Tatis at shortstop this year, just in terms of defense. Um, but he's been excellent, and I like that he's just a bench piece that can be called up every now and then, and I'm hoping that this is what's going to ignite the start of his bat getting a little bit hotter because they definitely need it. Um, but that's basically it for that Saturday game. Uh, funny enough, there was actually a Joey Votto ejection at one point, arguing balls and strikes, I'm pretty sure. I literally went to the bathroom right when this happened. I was watching with a couple friends, literally went to the bathroom right when Joey Votto got ejected. Unbelievable. But granted, I'm fine with missing that, as long as it meant that I got to see Hassan Kim absolutely yeet the ball out of the ballpark, and Manny Machado's huge hit. Um, but Sunday's game. Last one we got to talk about here, but definitely some good takeaways here. Denelson Lament gets the start going five innings in this one. Five innings. Last time, he only went four innings. He got a little bit roughed up by Colorado, but by roughed up, I mean he only gave up one run in all honesty. And in this game, he goes five innings, giving up no runs, four hits, walking one, and striking out seven. Sure, he has not technically been a full-fledged starter. He's a guy that has been in the bullpen sometimes, coming as a reliever, but it looks like the strategy of slowly ramping up his workload seems to act worked for the Padres where it's like we're okay if sometimes he only goes like three innings because bottom line is our bullpen is elite how elite they have the second lowest ERA in the month of June as a team bullpen ERA in all of Major League Baseball right that's even better than the Dodgers number one is actually the Chicago Cubs which is wild shout out Craig Kimbrell just being absolutely back with a capital B uh, but basically, uh, Denelson Met was awesome in this game. His slider looked on point. Guys, nobody was hitting that. I don't care if they got Votto in their prime. That pitch looked amazing, generating nine whiffs on the night. And the four-seam fastball's velocity was also pretty good, too, capping out at the max at 98 miles per hour. He was throwing hard, and while it's not, he's not throwing that, like, 101 pitch, really, all that consistently, because he did that every now and then last year. And he did it at a disturbingly later point in the game. Like when you're like 80 pitches in and he throws as a 100 mile per hour pitch, that's really scary when you could do that. You know what I mean? So, Denelson Lament looking very healthy, been a very valuable piece. And yes, maybe he's not doing the Darvish thing where we can count on him for six innings basically every time. But bottom line is, I don't really care right now as long as the bullpen is playing the way it is right now. That's the benefits of having a bullpen is that it helps the fact that Lament isn't maybe super ready to go the full way just yet. Uh, he's been awesome, and I love that. Uh, in this game, Oh, and also, I forgot to mention, silly me, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. on a ground ball in Saturday's game actually gets taken out of the game. Uh, it goes past Manny and Tatis into the outfit for a single, and he came up a little bit weird, and they took him out of the game, and thankfully, it looks like they kind of took him out of the game as a precaution. It's clear that this is probably something with the shoulder. It's going to be one of those things that's lingering throughout the season. Maybe in the offseason, he can work on potentially getting surgery or what have you, but as of right now, he has been managing to keep it together, but it sounds like, and I just got like the alert not too long ago, that he's expected to be activated. I shouldn't say activated, but he's expected to return to the lineup for this Dodgers series, and I would expect nothing less. I'd be shocked if Tatis would be banging on Jace Tingler's office, AJ Preller's office, he he'd be let me in, like the Eric Andre thing. If they didn't let him play in this Dodgers series, I just know the guy wants to play against the Dodgers, and it's going to be really exciting. So I am glad that he is in the lineup. But um, yeah, forgot to mention that in the Saturday game, guys. But in terms of Sunday, basically that's about it. Will Myers getting a triple in this game, a huge RBI from Will Myers in this game, actually, that basically decided the game. Uh, like I said, he tripled, allowing Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer to score, and then Joey Votto on a throwing error. Tough weekend for for Joey Votto. On a throwing error, allows uh, Will Byers to score. Initially, I was like, oh my god, is that a, 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 a an inside-the-park home run? But of course, no, it's not. He advanced on an error, and that's basically the Padres scoring for the rest of the game. 
Mark Melanson yet again uh, nailing down a save. Sure, he blew, blew the first game, but whatever, he nailed the next two. So, uh, really great uh, game all around. It was a close one. It was a tight one. But to keep the Reds' offense mostly at bay, and more importantly... For the Padres offense, especially some of the guys that have been struggling, you have Hosmer being one of the heroes in the first game. You have Will Myers having a huge game with all those doubles. And then you have, you know, in this game with the, the RBI triple. So hopefully the Padres offense, they're coming in with some momentum uh, against this Dodgers team. And I'm really, we're going to need it because the Dodgers, despite all the injuries, have been excellent. So. Uh, last thing I want to do is, you know, like I said, tough weekend for uh, Joey Votto. I do want to say his super fan that was at the game, uh, Abigail, I believe was her name. I saw it all over the MLB page and stuff. It was adorable. Like it made me, it made my cold, dead heart, like just shriek. It, it, it was just so adorable. I, I love that. I love seeing it for players. Joey Votto is like a really stand-up guy, so it's not such a surprise that it comes from him. But shout-out to him anyway. We beat your butt this weekend, but uh, that was a really nice thing. You did sign the ball, hanging out with your biggest fan in the world. It was so adorable. Uh, so, guys, go check that out. And also, just want to shout-out one thing. The Padres posted a Joe Musgrove picture. Um, I, I put this out of Twitter account, actually, um, of after the night, the opening day in San Diego or whatever, of Joe Musgrove, like, on the field looking at the fireworks. It's genuinely one of the most gorgeous, like, photos I've seen, at least for the Padres, in a long time. It is absolutely gorgeous. So go look that up. But, uh, guys, another thing that you should go look into is the Built Bars, the best protein bars on the planet, guys. Seriously, not kidding. They are phenomenal. All sorts of flavors from coconut to double chocolate and mint brownie raspberry. All these limited time flavors, too. Kind of like the Ben & Jerry's of protein bars. They've got all sorts of flavors, guys. And, of course, they are protein bars, so they're healthy for you. Most of the flavors have 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. So what are are you waiting for guys go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your first order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com and one more message guys and then we're going to talk to vince Woo-hoo! all right everybody as promised as prophesized it's finally here after what feels like three of like four months but actually it's just been like a month or so uh we finally have it Padres Dodgers part three and to celebrate I am being joined by not my usual arch nemesis Jeff Snyder the Snydog of Locked On Dodgers but instead the other host of Locked On Dodgers as in as equally uh good I don't think I have as much of a a bitter evil vicious rivalry with him and to be honest with you this is kind of the first time I've spoken with him this is too long of an introduction I'm being joined by uh Vincent Sampiero of Locked On Dodgers sir how are you doing man doing great yeah if you think of us more like good cop bad cop I'm yeah. a good cop I'm a good cop you know I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna poke too much fun I'm here to just shoot 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 some baseball talk absolutely man I mean that's that's just what you got to do during yeah. these during these times that we are currently living in and uh, I'm excited man it's it's really funny how much has changed, I guess, but then also how much has it changed, I feel like, at least for my team, I know, or actually for your team too, there's been a whole lot of storylines with the Dodgers. Despite that, though, they're still up there, and in my opinion, should still very much be the favorite to win the division, uh, despite all the things that they've gone through. So I guess what is, let's, let's just start with this. What has changed since the last time the Padres and the Dodgers played? And what is kind of like your feeling heading into this series? Because the last time these two teams played, uh, Padres had the advantage over the course of the season four three, if I'm not mistaken, but basically every single game was some of the best baseball that has happened across any matchup all season. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to, I think. 
Yeah, definitely still been the best game so far this year. You know, at least on the Dodgers end, the last series was they lost three out of four in L.A., you know, a little bit annoying. Dodgers were still trying to find their footing. They, they started off hot. Then they went on that 5-15 and 15 cold streak, which was uh, mm-hmm. in the midst of that Padre series. Uh, and then, you know, got back hot a little bit. And now they're just kind of coming back into it still, you know, chasing the Giants, which I'm not too concerned about over the course of the rest of the season. And, yeah, like I said, it's felt like forever since they last played each other, even though it hasn't been that long. Mm-hmm. And then we just have to look forward to the pitching matchups and you get excited for baseball once again. You know, they just came off a series with the Diamondbacks and they ended up sweeping. You know, they played the Pirates. They, they're on a string of playing like three straight last place or losing teams. And now, you know, this fun series in San Diego. I'm interested to see how it's going to be over there because it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday instead of a weekend matchup like last time in San mm-hmm. Diego. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for this series. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, I mean, the, the, the pitching matchups alone are going to be really great, but I think that before we get into like those specific matchups, I feel like it's, I'm just going to keep just throwing questions at oh, you. Yeah. So the biggest thing I think with the Dodgers right now, and you could talk about this and test to it more. First of all, it's a good and bad. First of all, the, the, the bad is that a lot of the guys on that team are hurt right now. Cody Bellinger, if I'm not mistaken, basically just is having that really bad start in the sense of just, he ends up on the injured list early on in the year, gets off of it maybe for a second. And then I get a bleacher report notification that he's back on the injured list. And then you have the injuries to Dustin may you have the injuries to Corey Seager. So, you know, that's the bad news. But then on the good side of that is the Dodgers are still winning, which speaks to their incredible depth and stuff. So what has that kind of been like navigating? Has there been anyone that you've noticed that stepped up a lot that maybe people aren't talking about? What's kind of what's going on in Dodgerland? I think the craziest part is over this last month stretch where they haven't had Corey Seager is that you haven't really noticed that they haven't had Corey Seager. Gavin Lux has really stepped up in that time, provided the offensive spark and you know, a little bit better defense at shortstop, even though the numbers don't really quite say it. Um, and then, you know, just everyone else, Max Muncy had stepped up after a slow start. He's on the injury list right now, but should be back during this series. Like I said, Bellinger got hurt in the second series of the season and came back for like two series and then back on the injury list. He should hopefully be back during the series. I think Gavin Luck stepping up, you know, Albert Pujols joined the team since yeah. that's probably a big, a big deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's crushing left-handers and with the, with, uh, you know, Snell throwing on Tuesday, I'm sure he'll be in the lineup for that game. So yeah, that's kind of been, it's kind of been a, everyone f- kind of stepping up in their own way, but I think Gavin Lux and then the addition of Pujols, who's, you know, has, since he's joined the team, he's tied for the team lead in home runs and he's just crushing left-handers. So it, it's been mm-hmm. a, a team effort overall. Uh, but those guys really stepped up. And then, you know, the starting pitching is going to keep them in every game. You know, those guys are those guys are going to go six almost every time out and give you less than three runs usually. So that, that's kind of what's been holding them together. And then Kenley Jansen's really nailed down that ninth inning and been really good. So it's 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 been a combination of a few things. Yeah, it's been it's been weird for them, though. Don't get me wrong. It's been it's been a little bit of a weird uh, schedule, but even still, like you're winning two out of three against Philly. And I know Philly isn't like the best of teams and you're winning the game still that you need to win. Right. So on the other side of things, the Padres have had, I mean, I became the Joker last week because they, they lost to the Rockies. They get sweeped by the Rockies and they do really poorly against the Cubs. Although in fairness, I think the Cubs are a pretty good team. They go one and five against the Cubs. They have some weird games against the mess that they end up losing, but the sweep by the Rockies was just such a nightmare and seeing Blake Snell just getting absolutely lit up has been terrible. Well, on the other hand, for your team, yeah, you lose a couple of games against like St. Louis and Atlanta, but like those are at least 
teams that I think a lot of people are expecting to be playoff contenders in a lot of ways. I know that they're both struggling in their own ways, especially I feel like the Cardinals. I mean, they're just kind of really falling off right now with ever since Flaherty went down, but um, you're getting it done against the bad teams, which I usually think is what you have to do to, to win in baseball, beat the teams you're supposed to be. It's not that hard uh, to it's, it's not, not that hard. It's just, that's a simple way of viewing it, but it's true. Um, so now I want to ask you, first of all, also you mentioned Pujols. Yeah. He's like one of the seven best batters in the league right now against left-handed pitchers, WRC plus all that stuff. Um, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, yeah, I... It was so random that because <laughs> it was, it was funny because I wonder what it's like to be an angels fan right now, because the angels fans are watching this. Like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so you're just going to not do any like borderline. I mean, he gets sent down by the angels and then, uh, he joins the Dodgers and don't get me wrong. Like his numbers against righties, maybe not as good, but even the righty numbers are better. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look this up really quickly to make sure even the numbers against righties right now, he hasn't been as terrible uh, as he was in, in LA, right. Or I should say for the angels. Um, and then, yeah. like you said, against lefties, it's just, it's night and day. It's crazy. So even that though is a plus for the Dodgers. Yeah. You don't need, he's not going to play every day but the Dodgers don't even need him to play every day because they have like 700 guys on that roster. What is that? What has the experience been like though? I know he's been good, but what is it like? What's that weird thing? A future hall of famer, probably first ballot. That's just on the team now. And is just one of the best lefty killers of baseball. Yeah. Obviously when they, when he first was, you know, available, you didn't expect Dodgers at all. You didn't expect any national league teams. Realistically, the reports on the, you know, that were out there was that he wanted to play a lot of days or every day. And then he signs with the Dodgers and you're like, oh, all right. Well, clearly he didn't want to play every day because there's not a role for him here to do that. And then you start thinking at that time, the Dodgers had DJ Peters, Luke Rayley. They had a few guys on the major league roster that aren't major league players yet. They might one day be, but they, especially with the loss of the season last year, they're just not where they're at and they don't provide any value. They're striking out probably more than 50% of the time. Where Albert Pujols, he's not going to strike out that often. He's going to hit into some double plays, but hey, he might look in a, you know, we've, my thinking is he might luck into a couple home runs, might luck into a couple, you know, little base hits, or at least put the ball in play in situations where we've seen these guys, the other guys come up and not put the ball in play. So from that standpoint, that's what you expected. He's obviously been more than that. He's obviously had to play a little bit more than expected just because of injuries and other things that happened uh, when he first got it on. But aside from all that on the field stuff, I mean, off the field or still technically on the field, but off the field stuff, he's, he just looks like he's having fun, man. And it's been a joy to watch, see him smiling so much. Like I didn't watch too many angel games, but I don't remember him ever smiling this much. He's getting in on all the team celebrations and the little hand gestures and everything else. And, you know, the, a lot of guys, there's already been a lot of quotes out there from guys on the team of how not specifically saying veteran presence, but basically anyone can go up and ask him a question. He's been in the league 21 years, you know, he's 42 years old or whatever, and still doing this. So it's just been a joy to watch him play and yeah, enjoying the last time the Dodgers got a first baseman that was going to be a hall of famer was Jim Tomey. He didn't even hit a home run with the Dodgers. So this one's been a little bit better this time around. And cut everybody. That is about does it for part one of my discussion with Vince Sampiro of the Lockdown Dodgers podcast. And before we wrap things up, let me just tell you today on the Lockdown Today podcast, the Nets and 76ers have a whole lot of questions to answer. I was sitting next to my Philly friend watching that game yesterday, guys. Not great. Not great at all. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski does a great job with it. Uh, Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast, guys. Really good stuff. I listen to it every morning. And in terms of the future of this show, tomorrow I'm going to be recapping game one of this Dodgers series. 
And Lord knows, uh, anything could happen to this series. It's the most exciting matchup in baseball, basically, bar none. Uh, and tomorrow, like I said, going to be continuing part two of my discussion with Vince. That should be a whole lot of fun. And also, for the rest of the week, a lot of stuff. Once again, I must say, Just Baseball, launching tomorrow, all sorts of stuff. I've got written stuff already planning to be on the site. It's going to be really, really good, guys. You're going to like it. Go subscribe to the newsletter. Go subscribe to the Twitter, or follow the Twitter, I should say, Instagram, the TikTok page, which has like 55,000 followers or whatever it is right now. It's around there. Uh, Or more likes than, say, you know, your boy Pitching Ninja. Yeah, we got more followers than him. Yeah, it's just that big, guys. I'm not kidding. It's going to be a lot of fun. And later in the week, going to be talking with Arm Layton, the founder of Just Baseball, and also host of Locked On Marlins and Locked On Emily Prospects. He's going to be coming on the show to talk about that a little bit. And because this is a Padres podcast, after all, talking a little bit about the falls of Luis Campizano and Mackenzie Gore in the prospect rankings and whether or not we should be really, really concerned. So uh, that should be a fun chat, guys. Good times are rolling. I'm telling you, the good times are rolling. I feel it. Uh, Hopefully, Blake Snell doesn't send me back into my Joker phase. That's going to be my thing. Blake Snell is going to make me become the Joker. Not the team. The team, it's it's disappointing every now and then. I still think that every now and then people uh don't realize they are they still there are very serious flaws with the Padres team, and I don't know if they're quite elite, but they're certainly not in ultra danger. But Blake Snell, don't make me become the Joker again, man. I don't know what I'm gonna have to do for that video. But uh, anyway, guys, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.